Welcome everybody and uh, hello if you're watching and hello again if you're in the in the ether and today we're going to do something a little bit different from what I normally talk about but I think it is a really important topic to uh, tackle especially for men because I don't necessarily believe that we deal with our emotions, our mental health, our mental state as well as maybe um, women. I'm not saying this is an and or uh, and or conversation. And a social media post on LinkedIn caught my attention from um, um, a friend um, uh, and a former client, um, Amir, who just talked about what he's been doing for uh, Mind during the month of uh, November, which is uh, one of the is the month where November kind of focuses on mental health, and we can see you can see that Amir's got a fabulous uh, moustache on his uh, on his face. So. Amir, thank you so much, A, for agreeing to come on this, because I know that we were talking off air what, how, what you were, what you were thinking. So enough about me. Um, Amir, let's, let's hear your story, why you're passionate about this, passionate about MIND in particular as, as a charity, and let's just let's be open and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, first of all, for, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm very glad to be here, and it's, it's, it's important, like you say, I think for men especially to to talk about mental health and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit in, in just a second but for me mental health is something I've always been passionate about um, I think especially as a as a young you know as a young teenager and when you're going through adolescence um, just the idea of you know you you have your ups and downs and that's that's fine and every, everybody does um, but I think as especially as a man you and especially, if, this wasn't even that long ago, and attitudes have changed since then. But since I was growing up um, and was a teenager, and you know, the the start, the around the the, ten, the start of the tens, um, there wasn't the attitude was still get on with it. Um, you know, don't talk about it. It doesn't really matter. You can just get over it. Um, you know, man up, all of that kind of thing. Um, and I used to think that I was just um, maybe a little bit sensitive and. I uh, used to try to really be, be you know, tough and all of that kind of thing. Um, and I think when I was when I was around the age of 18 was when I had my first proper tussle, I think, with, with mental health. And um, it was more rather than one thing in particular, it was more just, I'd, I'd say a mix of, of, of other, of a mix of mental health, um, you know, aspects rather than, you know, a, a sort of a severe bout with depression or anything else. It was more, for me, um, it was more around um, what I later learned was one of the symptoms of OCD, although I wouldn't say that I have OCD, but was around the idea of uncontrollable thoughts and then the sort of compulsions that you have to try and, the physical compulsions you have um, to try and stop your, you know, as, as almost like a you're trying to combat yourself from, from thinking or feeling certain things and trying to bring that under control. Um, and then, you know, that led to to a lot of low mood, uh, low self-esteem, and then you know, with that then comes, um, although I wouldn't say full-blown anxiety, like I know a lot of people have who do struggle with anxiety in, in a more severe way. But then that leads to anxious thoughts, anxious feelings, um, and it was for me, it was more a mix of a lot of I would say maybe not as intense or serious aspects of different parts of mental health, but then together and together just having quite an impact on on my life at the time um and this was this was you know for a lot same as for a lot of people when i was going to university that first year um which is i think 
as I've, I've realized from the campaign that, that I'll touch on in a second is when a lot of people have their first, I think, real, real kind of experience of mental health because you're going through life changes. Biologically, you are, you know, you're, you're just a young adult. You're, you're still, you still have, I think, all the, you know, leftover hormones from puberty or something like that, probably. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was how I sort of first experienced it. And I think it was something that felt quite isolating at the time and felt like a, a flaw and never really thought about it in terms of mental health until um, someone in my family encouraged me to, to go to counseling um, and speak to somebody about, about what I was, was going through. And um, for me, that was, and this is, this is back in 2011, that was my first exposure to the idea of, of mindfulness and a lot of the, the tenets that come with mindfulness about disconnecting from your emotions and, and you know not seeing yourself as defined by how you feel and all the way through to doing breathing exercises and that kind of thing which which now is the sort of thing thankfully a lot of people do pretty regularly um, through the things like headspace and calm and 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 lots of other great great apps and, and ways of doing that so for me i think it might my, my really the, the short answer is just i had mental health you know i i think everyone has a mental health um, and my mental health had uh, a bit of a turn at one point in my life and then after that once I started to be able to manage it a bit better um, you know it has its ups and downs it's never a straight line um, but then you notice and you talk to other people who have other problems with mental health and you just really start to realize how everyone has a mental health in the same way that everybody has a physical health and we all need to take care of it even though it's to varying degrees and it's just something that affects literally every person in the world, in the world, um, but that is still not properly talked about, still has effects that people don't fully appreciate or understand. And there's still a lot of stigma around, and that leads to a lack of funding and, and, and all of those things. And there, there was something you said earlier, um, which, which leads me on to how I got into the campaigning side of things, is, um, when I say campaigning, I mean the, the, the fundraising campaigns. Um, which was the idea of, you know, if I can do something to help one person, will that help anybody else? And about a year and a half after that, that first uh, major kind of run in with mental health for me, um, I did Movember. Um, just the idea being, if I can raise a little bit of money and that makes a bit of difference, um, that, that's great. You know, that's, that's a good thing. That'll be, that'll, be, that'll be great. And then that first year I raised about 300 and, I remember exactly actually, 351 pounds. Um, and that was that was the that's actually the only year I've done Movember for the the official Movember charity. Um, but it was kind of how I got into the fundraising side of things. Um, because the year after, um, I had a, a close relative die from cancer, and because Movember is related to cancer and mental health, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to fundraise specifically for cancer that year. And then the next year, I thought, well, I'll specifically fundraise for mental health because again, someone close to me, this was when they were having their their kind of. Um, their, their own real kind of experiences with, with mental health, which was much more severe than anything I had been through. Um, and then it, it all kind of snowballed from there. Um, each year, the, the goal was just to raise more than the year before. Um, but from that first year raising for November to then raising for Macmillan, it, it increased threefold. And then the next year it doubled again. So we were up to about 1700 pounds in one year. Um, so I, that's when I just realized that I have this I have a, a generous network of people who are willing to, to give every year for mental health, so I may as well keep on doing it. Um, and one of the things you mentioned was, was LinkedIn posts and the whole campaign has been social media.
Um, and for the first few years, I, I kind of noticed that the funnier the posts were, or funnier I should say, um, the more people gravitated and the more people would donate. Um, so then I got into the idea of thinking of who are famous, who are famous people with with mustaches, or who has the word Mo in their name, or things like that. So. Um, and then just doing sort of caricatures, parodies, what it memes, whatever you want to call it, of, of those of those people, and um, it just for whatever reason, I think it it was it, maybe it's because it was a fun way of talking about a serious topic, but that made people talk about it, that got people to open up their wallets. Um, so over the last uh, eight years, and this year being the ninth year, you know, we've managed to raise over thirty-two thousand pounds for mine, which has been which has been been really cool and, and something that I never would have anticipated. I think when I first did Movember, my goal was um, if I can get to £100 to three figures, that would be great. Um, so it's, it's just amazing to see how it snowballed. But I think a big part of that is is because of the conversation around mental health and because of things like this, of, of you know people talking about it more. Um, it's, it's led to that appreciation and, and action around it, I think. Awesome. Well, th thank you so much for kind of, you know, sharing your uh, your story. Um, what 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 is kind of my, what what does mind do? What what's their kind of their, their purpose in terms of the money that you've raised, you know, for for them? How is that going to help them help people? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question. Um, and I had the good fortune last year of before everything was 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 shut down to to actually go to the mind uh, headquarters office. Um, and, and just meet some of the, the staff and talk to them about it. I think the great thing about MIND is they do things at all levels of, of action that needs to be done around mental health. Um, they'll do campaigns and things to raise awareness. Um, and awareness is something that I, I, I wanna talk about in a, in a second actually. Um, but they, they do loads of stuff to raise around awareness. They, they have talking therapies and, and helplines for people. They put lots of good resources out on the internet and on social media. Um, that I think are really valuable for people, but then they, they campaign at a political level as well. Um, so even even just as, as recently as yesterday, um, you know, Mind helped push the government into into taking action on and, and recognizing the, the effects of mental health in the pandemic. Um, and I don't remember the the specific um, I don't remember specifically what was was passed, but I um, you know, it, it came off my LinkedIn feed and I, I thought to myself, that makes me really proud to support mine. Um, so that they do, they and they've lobbied for, for years to the government for statutory changes around mental health. Um, and, you know, that, that stuff makes a difference because raising money is, is super important and being able to fund the, the talking therapies and things that they do like that is really important. But I think people don't necessarily realize how many resources are involved in a charity and how much goes into how much goes into being able to successfully make changes like that happen on an institutional level um, and we, I think we forget that that's really important because it was only in the last century that suicide was still a crime and and people were were punished by the law if they tried to commit suicide and that's why they say that's why you know people are now saying don't use the phrase commit suicide because it comes from committing a crime because that was the way it was seen. So I think it's that's what I really like about MIND is that they, they're focused entirely on mental health, but they do things at, at all levels. And they really have the the power to to make to make big changes like that, like that happen. 
Um, yeah. No, that's that's, and I and I, I had no idea the the term commit suicide. I actually completely forgotten that suicide was, um, you know, a crime back then. I had no concept that the word commit, in terms of you know, obviously has the the, the legal connotation, yeah. uh, the legal connotations um, to it. So, just taking a, a step back, then you mentioned your kind of your, when you started to realise that. You know something wasn't quite right in, in in your head and we've touched on that and you and i were talking about this before we came on air is that getting is recognizing that there's something happening stage one i believe but then it's talking to someone else about it so mm. what how did you or what did you in terms of you mentioned the family member you that suggested you go and get some some help how were you able to make that that decision in in your mind that it's okay to talk to a family member because we've we've touched on that especially as a man got a man up bravo you know all this kind of machismo stuff you shouldn't talk about your your feelings um so how do you then go to your dad your mum your brother your sister your aunt your uncle your grandparents whoever to go actually i'm not feeling great mentally and i, I need i need help yeah um that's a that's a great question um for me, it was it. It kind of happened in in two ways for me. I think at first, at first, I I'd got to the point where I started to realise that, um, and I don't know what it was that made me realise this. I don't know if it was through you know media and, and things becoming a bit more the idea of opening up and talking. You know that narrative becoming more prevalent. But I had started to talk to people who were close to me about things related to related to what my you know my mental state was um, but not about it directly so i would talk about all the problems that were happening as a side effect but i would never talk about that root cause and i personally felt a real kind of i think i felt a real sort of shame around it um and i i didn't want to i don't want to tell anyone and i think the shame aspect of it is what made it so much worse for me i, I just felt I felt like I was, you know, you're, you're 18 years old, you're really gung-ho, you, you feel a bit invincible, and you feel like, you know, life's perfect, life's great, why do I feel this way? Um, you know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm very lucky to come from a very, you know, I have a very privileged background, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have no reason to feel this way, why am I feeling this way? And that's that's how it ended up impacting my, my mood and my, my self-image, because it was kind of the, that sort of first you know, brick that sort of fell and, and that was what really everything else came tumbling down. So I think what really ended up, I think I kind of got to the point where I had to speak to somebody about it because it was just, I think it just started to affect me so much that people was people close to me were able to tell that mm -hmm. there was something wrong, even though I wasn't talking about it. Um, and. I think one day I was, and you know, because I, I would feel I would feel upset. And one thing men don't talk about is is crying. And you know, I was feeling incredibly low mood, incredibly low self esteem at this point. And um, you know, I used to used to cry in secret. Used to do you know all the things that come with bad mental health in in secret out of shame. And um, I was still living at home at the time. I hadn't moved to university yet. So my mum just found me and. Um, just started talking to me and that was that was when I started to realize that I could talk about it but even then it was still still about nine months until I went to about six to nine months I would say until I went and spoke to somebody properly and I think by that point it was just the idea of 
I've tried talking to friends about it. I've tried, um, you know, at, at the time I thought I'd done everything I could about it. So I thought I, I need to speak to somebody now. And that's, that's something that I think is really important that people don't realize as well is it's really important to talk to people and it's really important to talk to your family and your friends um, and people in your wider network, like, like we were saying earlier um, before we went on air. But I think what people don't, the, the next step that people don't make is realizing that the best person to actually talk to is a professional. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's definitely, you know, always talk to your friends, always talk to your family if you're comfortable to, if you're able to, you know, if, if they're in a position where they're able to support you. But I think if you, I think if you really need help, you really have to talk to somebody about it um, and someone who can professionally help you um, because otherwise, otherwise I think you're only going to get so far. Um, and that is just such an important step. And I think that's where a lot of people, and myself included, have, have um, you know, failed to take that step. And I think when you talk to people who have, which has been the kind of how, how I've tried to develop the, the campaign over the years, has been talking to people about their experiences and trying to do interviews with people about them, is when people talk to professionals and they get the help they need, um, which more often than not is not revolves does not always have to revolve around medication it makes makes a big difference for people um, and that's when people can start to actually manage their their mental health and feel like it's not it's not um it's not overcoming them yeah and it's not and again back to the point there's it's 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 not a stigma it's mm. not a you know you go to the doctor when you're not feeling very well you're you know whatever it might be and to your point around you know the, the, the brain needs exercise your mental health is no different yeah. from your, your physical stuff not like the body can can break down and needs fixing when i you know i've torn my rotator cuff in my shoulder so i'm having to have physiotherapy from an expert to fix it properly otherwise yeah. if I let it go by itself it'll get worse and worse and worse and then later on in life that's going to impact your brain is no no different from um from that what and you know i don't want this to be about me this is very much about you and your, your experience but you know the, the the pandemic and then i want to come on to maybe um, mental health in 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 the workplace because i do believe that in some industries possibly all industries that's not being looked at uh, enough but the 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 pandemic is 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 for everybody it is for everyone now yesterday you know our prime minister saying that the virus doesn't know it's christmas doesn't care what time of year it is and back to your point around being from a privileged background i'm from a very privileged background i'm very fortunate to be in the situation that i'm in i live in a very nice house my wife and i have their own office space we have a decent sized garden we've been able to have childcare the whole way the whole way through hugely fortunate we've had it really really easy compared to other people yet I have had, and I write a blog about this, I have had some moments where I just, I think they were, they were anxiety attacks, I think of some shape or form, yeah. where I was sitting there as a, you know, sole director of a, of, of a company, all through the, the cracks in terms of any of the, the government help. And I, and it was, it was things like watching, um, A, so when, when lockdown kind of happened, the first month I had a complete, about an hour kind of meltdown of just sheer terror as to how am I going to pay the mortgage, how am I going to look after the kids, how am I going to provide, putting it all on me, not necessarily thinking about there's there's two of us in this, um, in this relationship and, and wider people. 
And then it was silly things. You talk about crying. I cry from time to time. I was watching, I think it was BBC, and I might, I might even go now thinking about it, <laughs> watching the BBC documentary around sporting events that had happened, that should be happening. I sat there going, looking at all those happy people, looking at the, the stadiums for the people, you know, cheering their teams on, like the Olympics when it was the Super Saturday. I just burst into tears and started kind of crying uncontrollably, going, are we ever going to get back to to that that world? And the, the point for me is that mm. mental, you, know, you said, mental health affects everyone. It doesn't matter what strata of income you um, you come from, but for me, the pandemic has kind of really focused the mind, if you will, that mm. needs to talk to people. So what has mind seen or what have you you seen any changes that happened because of the pandemic in terms of this being talked about talked about um more what's kind of the the, the experiences that you, you've seen or stuff you've read about from you know the varying you know mind and the charities that you work with um it's a it's a really interesting one um because it's i think it's it's quite mixed across the board i think you're absolutely right it's this this is like the type of what we're living through now is probably the closest to you know living through a world war that i think any generation has seen since the second world war i'd imagine in terms of just how it has affected everyone society the economy our way of life day to day um so i think in terms of how it's in terms of how you see that manifesting on mental health there's there's a superficial level and then there's a meaningful level and mm -hmm. um, and superficial doesn't necessarily mean bad, although sometimes I think it, it can be bad. Um, that's things like, you know, on social media, you see a lot of, and, and I've seen a lot of this, a lot of posts about checking in on your friends mm -hmm. um, and a lot of talk about, you know, you see a lot more discussion around mental health, but it sometimes doesn't feel, and I, I think this, you know, again, this is probably the, the double-edged sword of social, social media. A lot of the times you see things like that and you think that it's, you don't think so. You can see that it's it's maybe it's it's kind of using mental health as a as a, a hashtag as a way of getting attention, and, and sometimes it's it's a bit hollow. And I think that actually for people who struggle with their mental health, it's probably more isolating and and, and affects people more. Um, you know, I think that that idea of raising awareness, and this is this is something that's, that's that I've really noticed over the pandemic. That's where I think you get into this, this situation of it's important, but there has to be substance and meaning behind it. And I think people in the pandemic have, and, and in my own circles, I've noticed people find this more and more frustrating because I think more and more people are coming to grips with their mental health at the moment. And I, I've spoken to as part of this year's campaign and part of the interviews, a lot of people who have said, I haven't really struggled with my mental health until now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think people are waking up and smell, sniffing out when things are disingenuous about mental health a bit more. Um, which is which is good and it's also bad um, because you don't want it to damage the overall narrative and importance around around mental health that is there. Um, but that's one thing that I've I've really noticed is that kind of one the sort of broader realization of a lot of people around mental health and two also people I think people are now more aware of when you know of the way that people can sometimes you know romanticize mental health which is. Which is which is equally bad and, and dangerous in terms of misconceptions and stigma. On the other hand, 
or perhaps on the same hand, you probably see that you probably see the government talking a lot more about mental health than they ever have done. I mean, I've I've never noticed the the government refer to mental health as much as they have. You know, when they talk about the the negative sides of lockdown and the impacts of lockdown and yeah. and and the effect it has on people's mental health, um, which is which is good. But then you know, why have we never heard the government talk about this before um, in in such a way? And it ultimately it is a good thing. But you you think you realise, and I think it's down to the organizations like mind and and the Movember charity and you know Samaritans and 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 all of the other great charities and organizations out there who have really worked to actually raise the profile and importance of mental health that it's it's being given the attention it it you know well get being given more attention it needs I'm sure it it could deserve even more attention now but it's getting more and more attention during the pandemic than I think it probably would have done otherwise um so I think you're, you're seeing you're seeing that side of things as well um and again, that kind of comes back to to, to that earlier point. And I've I uh, I found it on my um, I've had it. I ha I was on my Facebook feed, so I've managed to recall what the thing that mine did was, which was um, they have mine had a, a petition this for this winter around um, a winter mental health support package from the government, um, and the government announced that they would do that as a result of mine's campaign. Um, and pushing for this um, and that's 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 the kind of the, the less superficial level the important things because that will probably have longer reaching impact and that opens the door for 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 more conversation and acceptance in in the government i mean if mental health affects people seasonally every year um would we have would we have ever seen anything like this in previous years probably not so it's it's been really i think it's been very multifaceted the way that the pandemic has affected people's mental health. Um, well, I'm sorry, I feel like that was a, a very disorganised answer to a very, very straightforward question. No, not, not disorganised, not disorganised at all. And it's, it's the old adage, you know, actions speak louder than um, than words. Yeah. And you know, I, I, the, the superficiality of social media completely agree with you. And then you do see, and it's not just mental health, there are other kind of charitable campaigns yeah. that happen during the year. And you see kind of from a corporate level to individual levels, kind of people jumping on the bandwagon per se, because they need to be seen to be um, to be talking about it. Yeah. But just to kind of flip that on its on its head. And is, is this and is this something to Consider them, the, the likes of mine to kind of also offer this offer this service, and this is going to kind of move me then into kind of that that mm. that workplace environment. But also, you know, for for anybody listening to this, it's also do we need to train people, coach people, how to have the conversation with people that maybe they suspect have got mental health issues, but without it coming across as being superficial or they themselves are kind of fearful, I don't know how to handle this, so I'm gonna let someone else deal, deal with what I perceive to be a problem. So much like you approaching your parents, but your family kind of, your, your family spotting things, my guess is there may be people out there, I'm uh, thinking, you know, man, and again, let's you know, think from a workplace environment, managers of teams, leaders, whatever level it is, they're just not equipped to, to go well they it's the employee employer relationship that's a personal thing take that home i'm not equipped to even deal with that uh absolutely <laughs> i think that is a real problem and i think that 
people do need to be people do need to be trained around that and but it's it's you know i guess <laughs> i think that comes down to comes down to a, a few different aspects i think um one i think you know some managers some managers and a lot of organizations probably don't get any people management training at all yeah. let alone let alone how to how to do this but on on the good on the flip side on on you know which is a good thing is organizations you can are offering things like um and not companies but charities are able to do this now where they offer mental health first aid which you know on the face of it to a lot of people probably sounds ridiculous well, you know what is mental health first aid but that's what that revolves around is is being able to have those conversations with people being able to help somebody if they're having a panic attack and um you know being able to spot things like things in other colleagues people you work with or people in your in your life mm-hmm. um and being able to to give them those first steps of help um and i've not personally personally done this uh, not yet anyway but i know i know of a couple of people who have done it and somebody spoke about it in their their interview last year for for our the fundraising campaign which was which was that they've done mental health first aid and they found it really helpful because not only have is it useful just for people to have in in a work environment outside of work um but i think it helps people themselves as well to to notice within themselves if they're starting to you know spot the signs of if they're having having a, an episode of mental health or 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 if, if their mental health is is getting a bit worse um so i think organizations absolutely need to be doing this um and i think it's 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 really important in the workplace because i think the workplace for a lot of people can be a source of a lot of me- negative mental health whether it is around financial stability like you were saying which which is has been incredibly important over the last year with with the uncertainty and the the economic impact of covid and 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 the pandemic but also just around if people are having bad relationships with with managers or or in or in high pressure situations um i think it's it's really important for people to have that training and and organizations like mind are, are starting to um starting to offer that um and have been for some time but there's there is a big disconnect with 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 industries and uh, sorry with the workplace and and have it being able to do this and i think the legal industry in particular is one where um overworking is is glorified um you know it's it's almost like you have to you have to be having 90 hour weeks as a, a trainee or a young associate um if not more to really kind of earn your stripes and to to have those credentials that later in your career you can say you're well I I did this just like everybody else above me did that and you know oh yeah I I think I think I've had I probably can't remember the number of friends I've had who you know when they were doing their training contracts would be talking about their you know the magic roundabout of of going home in one suit having a nap and a shower and then going back into the office in another one um and it's uh yeah I know I know you was something you wanted to touch on was how it affects different industries and I I personally think the legal industry is is uh is one that now is paying a lot of rightly or wrongly lip service to the idea of mental health um but also has a lot to to answer for in terms of in terms of that sort of work you know work yourself to burn the candle at both ends type of mentality which which isn't isn't healthy and is causes further mental health problems I think uh, 
I, I agree. And you know, we, we both are in that industry and we see it from a kind of, you know, you see it from a slightly different lens from your perspective, I see it from a slightly different lens from um, from, from my perspective. And you know, I hope it doesn't take some, you know, we've already seen some tragedy over the last, you know, eighteen yeah. months in terms of and again at a very senior level. This isn't like necessarily juniors, this is people at senior leadership, really senior leadership level. Yeah. From global firms unfortunately taking what they believe is the only route out of this this situation yeah. which the knock-on effect of that is just terrible in terms of the human tragedy that that's yeah that that has and i agree with you i think i believe i'm not i believe i think i know that a lot of work needs to be um needs to be done and we'll see yeah. what what comes uh comes of that as it's uh, uh as it were yeah yeah absolutely Indeed. um and that that kind of comes back to the idea of I think talking about it as well, and mm-hmm. and you know we refer you know that final step and, and suicide is something that people I think as we still talk about mental health um, and as the conversation gets better around it, I think that's still I think there's still an element of not necessarily maybe stigma but maybe awkwardness or uncertainty around around those conversations when it gets yeah. to that that really really severe side. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, conversation-wise, people need to, I mean, you know, I, I, we can't necessarily maybe prepare everyone to have this conversation, but when we talk about mental health first aid and, and ways that people can help in the workplace, um, that's something that, that is very real that could happen. And people, I think, I, I know personally, if, if a colleague came to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling this way and, you know, I, I'm really considering Suicide. You know, or, or that yeah, they're feeling suicidal, or, or or not even necessarily saying it, but doing things that exhibited, yeah. you know, that you would feel that way. Uh, they would feel that way. I wouldn't know how to have that conversation in the best way, um, yeah. and I think that most people definitely wouldn't. Um, so it's it is really important um, mm-hmm. to to prepare people not only for the smaller conversations, but but the bigger ones in in these kind of high pressure workplaces. Because, like you said, there there have been been a number of tra- tragedies in in the industry over the last the last several months, um, and those are just the ones that we probably know about. Yeah, um, exactly. Unfortunately, um, in, uh, indeed, and um, you know, it's uh, it, yeah, it's a suicide. It needs to be talked about. It's a thing. It it, it, mm. it happens, and it's 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 impacted me not directly, but you know, friend oh, friend. Someone I was friends with in my teenage years, way back when, last summer, um, you know, married, appeared to be happily married, went missing, posts on Facebook, can we find him? And unfortunately, you know, two days later, he, he, he was he was found. Um, and what that's left behind. And you think back to the looking awesome. back at, you know, people were posting photos of all of us down in Devon at the beach together, laughing, happy, smiling, and you think, Christ, if only, if only, you know, only. Yeah. Yeah. Only he could talk to somebody. He's left a loving wife and um, and two, you know, two children behind. And it's just the the, the, the wider impact that that has. But you know, man, the brain's yeah. a funny thing. The mind is a funny thing. If it gets you into such a such a, a, a situation that you genuinely believe that is the only, you know, the only the only way out. I mean, again, I mean, you know, the 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 the, oh, the the person that married myself and, uh, and Nicola, uh, how many years ago? Unfortunately, you know, man of God felt that life was too much and took his own life. And it's just, you sit there and think, how can yeah. someone like that 
when we look back at our wedding videos, end up in that in that situation, a man of God, a man of Christ in terms of, you know, religion's a separate thing. It's like, it impacts everybody. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's why I wanted to talk about, not talk about it, but this in terms of all yeah. of it is, is get you on here to, to, to just talk and just talk as to two men um, because you know it's, it's we don't talk about it and to your point I know that you were wrestling with this beforehand is that if what Amir and I have talked about any of you this changes your thought process and gets you to want to pick up the phone to me pick up the phone to Amir we'll put the links to to mind and any other link to Amir you think are appropriate for people to go and uh, go and go and do that you know please 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 do that yeah. because there is there, there is there is a there is a way out right yeah absolutely um i'm first of all i'm really sorry to hear that that's awful um but it just it does you're right it, it is just what it just does come down to the idea that you know people feel like there is there is no other way out and i think that's what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to to uh, to suicide you often hear people refer to it as the the easy way out but just think about how incredibly tough it must be for someone in that position to yeah. to feel like that is the only path left despite you know like you say the the things that they may have in their life that's um you know and i, I think for the reason why suicide affects men so much more than, than women i personally believe and i'm i wouldn't be surprised i'm sure there is research that backs this up but it's just because socially historically men do not talk and not talking um, to your point about, you know, anyone who is watching this, if they need to talk to someone to please do so is because it just makes it so much worse. Um, you know, there's that old adage, you know, problem shared is a problem halved. Um, and it's, you know, might not be that simple, but it is definitely true. And I think the opposite is especially true that if you if you you know if you keep something just to yourself if you don't talk to anyone um, let alone getting getting help um professionally you just you know it it just gets so much worse than it than it ever needs to be so i would i would you know i think it's it's always important to to just to just talk and that first conversation might seem like such a small insignificant step but it's it's so important because without that first step then you know you never get to the end destination Indeed. Amir, thank you. It's been an absolute, I'm going to go now. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm trying not to go. I was sitting there, I can feel the lump of my throat coming up. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, genuinely has. Thank you so much. And you as well. And offering your um, your time. We'll put the links to Mind and any other links you suggest that I should add to this uh, this podcast to um, to, to reach out. Um, the links for your, your charity page and, and so on. But, you know, from, from, from the bottom of my heart, genuinely, and hopefully all my listeners who are watching and listening, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, some really important conversations to have. So I, I, it means a lot that uh, we were able to do this. So a big thank you to you.